jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Hey everyone welcome to episode 53 of Dynasty Underdog I am your host Jared Dawkins join with me as always are my co-host Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg the host of Any Given Pod What's up what's up we made a we made a terrible mistake doing this on Thursday. What is it? The twelfth. I'm over here half fucking half focused because I got the Patriots game going and and you know I'm watching that. So <laughs> I mean I, I, I'm lucky. I don't have to worry about it until Saturday at one o'clock. So and and I mean you you watched Dallas last week and you got hard knocks. I mean you're getting your fill all all week long. Your eye like what is going on, man? I am and and there's like a sick uh, joy that I get because like everyone's hyped up about it. <laughs> But like, not everyone's a Cowboys fan, but everybody's watching my team, right? Because they're so yeah. starved. They have you know, to. Everyone, yeah, I'm like, eat it up, eat it up. But, well, I'll tell you, I you you should see the smile on my face the other day watching it because I didn't watch it at night. I watched it the next morning, and like, I'm I'm sitting here and I just have it right in front of me while I'm working, and I I couldn't get the smile off my face, dude. I was just like having football back and seeing like Zeke and Dak's relationship and how how close they are as friends and all sorts of little shit on there. My, uh, you know, Mika Parsons who. I don't know what to think of him yet. Like, as far as like, he, he seems like he's way too ready, like way too ready. Like he's playing a whole nother game that, that other people are playing. You know, it's like. He is man. Uh, I think he's immediately our, our second best uh, linebacker, um, which is crazy for a rookie. And uh, you know, he's, he's better than the guy that we gave like a five-year extension to like just a year ago. But yeah, it's awesome, man. Seeing Zeke and Dak out there just being buddies and shit was I mean, I'm eating it up. I'm loving it. So, getting our first look at Mac Jones. First look at Mac Jones. Oh yeah, how's he doing? I Mac don't know. 10. He just got in. Just got <laughs> in the game right now. I know. Yeah. But all right, all right. Enough, enough. You can take it wherever I mean, you want. We we can just change the episode to a live commentary <laughs> in that game. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure that's what people want to hear. Me screaming at my team. Get Judon out. He looks injured. Get him out. I know. Bubble wrap him. <laughs> Well, first thing we want to do is give a shout out to one of our new listeners at Tarkin Muff on Twitter. He reached out to the to our account to ask us a question, and uh, Billy was kind enough to respond, give him some advice, and then uh, he said he's going to add us to his podcast list. So, hey, thanks for listening, dude. Yeah, big shout out. Appreciate you. Appreciate the follow. And yeah, send more questions, and we'll answer them live on there. Yep. You guys have any thoughts about the Hall of Fame game, other than the fact that like just excited as hell to have football back? Najee Harris seven carries for 22 yards is pretty underwhelming I I have no idea how good he's doing right now it doesn't mean anything I'm joking but um I have no idea how he's doing right now I know he's playing a game right now as well they said he looks pretty good yeah now he'll be fine I think you know the limited carries you know I will say against probably one of the worst run defenses in the league he should have I was I was hoping for you know over 80 but whatever Yeah, uh, he looked you, all right. You'd, you'd think so, but um, but no, he he looked good out there, even so, even in limited carries and limited yardage. 
But that was it, though. There wasn't really anything else in the Hall of Fame game, right? Like everybody else was like either out or not playing much or whatever. I mean, Mika Parsons was insane. He was yeah. he was all yes. over the field. So I guess that was, you know, Micah, Mika. I don't know how to. Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah he, he's a good kid, too. Uh, he's a little maybe immature, but he's young. But he's, he's a he's a good. I kid. think that's what it is. He seems a little immature in in the uh, what's called in um, hard knocks. He, he just seems like. He just seems like the rookie go-getter. Like, he just wants to go out there and just, like you said, he wants to make every fucking play in the field. So Yeah, yeah. There were some, like, character issues with him at, like, I think it was at Penn State, some, like, hazing type stuff. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of growing up to do, but when it comes to playing football, that boy's ready. So, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. excited. Yeah. yeah. Shot out of a cannon on every play. Yep. I was talking to some news. Benjamin Albright, uh, beat reporter for Denver Broncos, he said, Melvin Gordon is clear, the clear lead back in camp so far. What do you guys think of that? This was about a week ago, I think, or a couple of days back. And yeah, I mean, it's not surprising to me. Like it, it, you know, these rookie running backs don't always, you know, come out the gate so hot. Uh, I, I know they, they like, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Javonta Williams. Yeah. Javonta Williams. Um, and, and I'm sure he'll be worked in there. I mean, they want every, every team wants to use more than one back. So not surprising, but um yeah, this is what I thought it was going to be. And I think, you know, he's still got a little bit of value this year. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of coming to an end pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's got one more year on his contract. So I figured Denver's going to use him until the very last drop. Why wouldn't you, right? Yep, yep. All right, the next one is actually kind of crazy because I you put it on the show sheet. You just said Waller. And I'm like, well, what about him? I haven't heard anything about him. And so I obviously I went and looked. And he hasn't been in practice for like, I think as of today, it's like 10 practices. He has not... Eight been participating in how many shirts? I think it's eight, eight, nine, yeah. ten, too many, right? John Gruden and John Gruden came out and he said that, uh, that he hopes to have him back by by week one and that he hopes it's not serious, or, or I think he just said he hopes it's not serious and that they have him back soon. I think that's what he said, uh, which isn't which isn't encouraging. No, I can officially say I'm happy to not take Waller with a first round pick in this offseason. <laughs> I took him my first pick in Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> I know you but did. The thing is, I um there there is no reports of him being injured. So here's the thing: like I think if it was an injury, we would know by now. Um, I think kind of what people are coming around to is that it may be a money holdout type deal. So, um, hopefully, hopefully that's what it is. Yeah, it'd be the best case scenario. I know people. Some people are going to like his past, you know, issues with drugs and all that, which is definitely not the place to go to. So no, I, don't. I, I don't think it has anything to do with that either, but yeah, definitely wanted to, to get those kind of thoughts out of here. But this, this, I, I did put a tweet out like a couple of days ago when I heard that he was out for five days, I was like, hold on. Why have I not heard, heard Foster Moreau's name one time, like anywhere. Yeah. I haven't heard his name anywhere. And I saw him catch a nice pass in camp and I immediately went and picked him up. And I think, you know, a couple of my leagues, uh, I looked for him everywhere. So yeah, that's, that's one, you know, a little deeper, deeper sleeper that nobody's thinking about right now. And, and yeah, I mean, Waller will probably be back by, you know, start of season, but concerned right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one is actually kind of a big hit. Rashad Bateman uh, went down with a groin injury. And that groin, man. Yeah. I saw him when he was walking or trying to walk and it looked painful. Yeah. He's going to have, he's going to have surgery, be out six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, six to eight weeks, that's that's that could kill a rookie season. Yep. Yeah. That could kill a career. 
I, that's what some people are saying. I think that's poor a, rookie. That's a poor stretch. rookie. But. No, no. I mean, some people have, have pointed to you know most of the rookies, rookie receivers who have missed an entire season or most of the season have not performed very well over their career. There, there's obviously some that have fin- you know, finished in the top twenty-four and whatnot, but it's not good. No, but at the same time, he actually might be lucky because in that Baltimore offense, he he's not going to be the go-to every option. So he might not have to play as hard as other rookie as other rookie number ones might have to. It's like we're all coming around to what it was going to be anyway. Another, <laughs> Hollywood, another Hollywood Brown. No, I, I don't think he's no, quite he's, that. Tell me you don't watch film with us. No, he's good. He's a really good wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I, I think what will save him, even if he misses, say, three quarters of the season, is the fact they took him in the first round. So he'll get every shot to get back out there again next year. But hopefully he comes back this year. I mean, uh, the head coach said that he's going to be back or he hopes he's back sometime in September. So that's, you know, beginning of the season, if he can do that and, and get right. But these are the kind of things that can linger for sure. So you, you obviously want to be really cautious of them. So I imagine they'll hold them out for a while. But I mean, I'm kind of pissed. I, I said this in, a, in one of the chats. I, I'm, I'm a little upset that I'm not going to get to kind of be right or wrong on him I, i'd like i'd rather be one or the other you know just give it to me like like right or wrong but but now if he fails we're always going to hear oh he had the rookie injury we wouldn't know what it would be like if he didn't and if he if he doesn't fail if he you know he, he pans out then nobody's ever gonna there's no anything that you know what i mean like it's it's just like one of those things that kind of screws screws you on your take but um hopefully it yeah, comes there's back no healthy. way you could win on this one now if you were no. anti-bateman like you got nothing now. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Uh, unfortunate. This kid cannot catch a break, but Hunter Henry uh, out shoulder, I guess. Yeah. Shoulder injury. Uh, they're not saying exactly what it is, but they're saying day to day, week to week. So it, it's not that serious, but I imagine with his history, they're just going to hold him out most of the preseason, you know, until, until they feel like he can get back in there. They said that he's picked up the playbook just fine, all that. So I think as soon as he's healthy, he's going to be back in there because they want to run those two wide receivers or oh, two right. tight ends. Uh, next one, Deontay Foreman to Atlanta. It's pretty cool. I mean, he gets a shot again. Good for him. I Some people probably think that this might be, you know, him taking over the backfield. I, I This is just another addition to the backfield like we thought, you know, they were going to make. Um, but I think this does kind of end their search for another you know, another running back. I'm not sure they're going to be signing somebody else as well. They've got, you know, probably three or four guys there now. If you're just thinking Mike Davis, Javian Hawkins, and Donta Foreman, you know, I don't know how much, they, how, yeah. Yeah, how much else do they really need to spend on the position? I think one thing that's kind of interesting about this, if we do get to see him have any playing time is because he's one of the Achilles injuries. Um, this will be like, shit, I don't know, three years after, maybe, maybe four um but if we get to see him play at all in any kind of capacity we kind of see like just goes back to the whole acres injury like you know maybe there's something we could learn from seeing uh foreman on the field i don't know just something that kind of crossed my mind that's a good point i mean my biggest takeaway is mike davis is pretty safe right now sure like yeah. you know for for whatever people like him for <laughs> All right, the last thing here for the news and nonsense, we have Sam, oh yeah, Sam Ellinger getting first team reps. So I know a lot of people probably went out and tried to get uh, Jacob Eason. I know I, I acquired Or drop him. Or drop him. Or drop him, him the day before. <laughs> and then and then pick him up for like hundreds of fab later. Yeah, but then it looks like, you know, Ellinger was actually doing pretty good out there too. 
So then probably people rushed out to try to get Ellinger, but then we got news, I think just yesterday, hey, that Wentz is actually, quote unquote, on track for week one. Well, I think this is kind of leading right into our main topic of the week and coach yes. speak and, and media hype because bullshit. <laughs> so, so first, two, a couple of things. I mean, we had we had MG, the, the founder of Dynasty Football Factory on here last week, who brought up a great point about this, that if they sit him for long enough, they don't, you know, uh, Philly doesn't get a first rounder from them. That's number one, which is a major, major factor in this, I think. Number two, the, this injury ranged from five weeks to 12 weeks to 20 years. Who knows how long it could be? Like, there, you know, all of a sudden, both these guys get the surgery two days ago, and I'm supposed to believe that they know that they're on track for week one already. How? How do you know? How could he possibly have any status after having the surgery this quickly? No, I'm with you there. Science, like, it, science man. Science. <laughs> science, yeah. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Bro, I mean, for me, like, I think that, you know, Sam Eilinger getting first team reps, it's them doing their due diligence. Now, if sure. he continues to get them over the next couple of weeks, that would be a little more interesting to me. I think this is Jacob Eason's, you know, gig to, to lose really. And uh, they said they're not trading for anybody. It's highly unlikely, which kind of makes sense this close to the season. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that it, it is what it is. I mean, if we see Wentz week one, I, apparently with, with these foot injuries or something, there's not a really high chance of, recurrence or whatever or anything if you you know get out there early on it but it still doesn't make sense to me to, to put your guy out there um in a bad situation on a bad foot sure yeah something it's telling that they signed frank Wright to a major extension yesterday through either 2026 or 2027 i want to say 26 yeah that's yeah. right they're uh gm uh ballard right and then also yep. the head coach so both of them yeah so they they love what they have there and i mean yeah. they're, they're i mean look frank i don't know about ballard as much but i mean they've actually done a good job of looking at yes. their team building it but uh frank Wright's great yeah so they frank Wright also bailed jim ursay out of a major bind when uh what's his name screwed him over so what do you give him a ride home when he had a dui or something <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot about that <laughs> No, oh, fucking when Josh McDaniels screwed uh, them on the coaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came yeah. in and saved their ass. <laughs> that that also was probably a DUI, a drunk call where he signed Josh McDaniels like a oh, dummy. My God. Uh, Is McDaniels back in New England? Yeah, he went back he's right been, away. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh yeah, he's, oh, yeah. That's he he had that's a right. meeting with he had a meeting with Bill and uh and Kraft, and they were basically like, Look, you have the you have the keys to hell when uh when Bill's gone. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. What about Patricia? Is he back in New England too? Or? He actually is. And he, he took over Ernie Adams' role, which is uh -huh. like the special advisor, like stats guy in the background. He does, he's not a coach anymore, which is nice. Okay. But yeah, I, it, it makes sense though. Belichick, he just like, he likes guys he can like bring in and be like, and have them as like little puppets. You know what I mean? He's like, I yeah. know I can, this guy, I know what he does. I know I can kind of control him. And then it works. Sorry, we're, we're getting way off the rails here. It's all good. I just, yeah, I just had some questions. All right, so we have a question here. What is the gap between long-term and short-term in Dynasty? So somebody was talking about, you know, short-term, long-term, and I, and I got to thinking, I was like, what is, like, what is really thinking long-term in Dynasty? Because to me, I mean, I'm really not thinking more than three or four years because, you know, things change on the ground quick. Like, you know, it's, it, it's not just like, oh, uh, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, Jameis Winston two years ago, you know, how quick yeah. that changed and, 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 uh, Trubisky and, and these things, I mean, it, it changed very, very fast. So, or, you know, any, anybody, I mean, you name yeah. it, like, there's, there's a hundred, there's a million examples, but so I got to thinking about it. I'm like, 
if three years is my long-term, what the hell is short-term? Like, you know what I mean? So it's one year compared to three years. So it's just like a year difference. I, it, it's just an interesting thing. I, I, how long-term can you really look out in Dynasty? I feel five years. See, I'm going to say, yeah, at the most, like, at the most three. Because what, what are you doing? Like, okay, long-term, uh, I'm going to look to win within three years. Like, I feel like that's too long. Like, you're, we're all paying for these leagues. Like, I could only see myself, like, realistically on purpose, kind of sucking or uh, trying to build, you know, just draft picks or young talent to, to wait, for, like, one season. And after that, like, it's go time. And then every year after that, I'm going to try to turn my roster to always be – you know, probably is going to end up me being like getting into the playoffs every year, but never actually making the championship run. But like, I feel like that is more fun for me than, I don't know, well, we'll wait two years and maybe in the third year I'll get it. But I can't, I personally can't see past three years. Like looking at all my dynasty rosters, there might be one or two pieces on each that will probably still be there in three years. After that, I'm going to have new guys. Like I'm going to, you know, trading guys that are at the peak of their value for somebody that's going to get me the same amount of points and I'm going to keep trying to push for the playoffs. And then I just, yeah, I just don't see how I could look at any of my teams and like having a realistic expectation for what it's going to look like in five years, personally. And when I thought about this, kind of what I think what hit me was, I think we're if, if we're thinking about it in short-term versus long-term, we're probably thinking about it in the wrong way. And you probably shouldn't ever be thinking about long-term. You should probably always be thinking about present with future in mind, I guess, but it's, you know, it's a thing where with like your eyes saying, you know, the, the roster churning, right. The, the amount of, you know, ch- uh, turnover in your roster, because you want to go from maybe you won this year, right. And you have an older team, you want to get a little bit younger, but how, you know, you can't get too young. Cause if you get so young, then they're not even performing, right. Like they're not even doing anything. If you have all rookies, right. I mean, yep. you, you know, you may get Najee and, and you know, who would chase, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, those guys may produce, but, you know, the rest of them likely aren't. So it's just one of those things where I think you kind of need to change your percept, your, your, you know, your thought process on like, am I, am I going short term or long term? And it's like, you're always trying to win. Always. You should be, right? Always. You yeah. should have a good mix, I think, on your team of veterans and young, in, you know, young talent so that you can easily, more easily turn over your roster when the time comes. So it's not, I have to sell five or six players that nobody really wants to, I have to sell these three or four, you know, guys and, and, you know, modify my team. It was just something that came up in the chat where they were talking about short-term, long-term. And I was like, I don't even think that makes sense, guys. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I also feel it depends on the player. If you have a quarterback, you're going to view that as more of a long-term asset versus a running back. That's a good point. I mean, definitely it's it, it's positional, obviously. Yeah, wide receivers, you're going to think a little bit more long-term than running backs. Uh, and like you said, quarterbacks can be there for five or 10 years for sure. But even so, you know, conditions on the ground change quickly with coaches, with performance, with injuries, all that stuff. So you have to be ready to, to move quickly. But yeah, I mean, obviously when you go you know, specific position by position, you, you're obviously going to be looking at your quarterbacks to hold them more long-term if possible, right? Like that's that's the goal. So you don't have to continue to to you know change change your quarterback every year like it would be nice to have josh allen right now because he's secure for five years probably i think you bring up a good point just as far as like what what really is the definition like when we as a community are talking about oh you know in the long term or short term in dynasty like what what is that what is you know that definition right is it is it two years out is it three years out of four you know 
I just don't think they're far apart. I don't think the short term and the long term are very far apart. And I think that when we when when we when we like talk about dynasty or when somebody new comes into dynasty, they're like dynasty league, like 10 years, 20 years. I'm gonna have this yeah. forever. So I need to have players for like ever and I wanna have two on my team forever. And, you know, I don't think about it that way. Maybe that's why I don't think of things in like long-term. Like I literally am like, how can I win? This guy has more value. Oh, let me go get that value. Let me go get that and turn it over and get point. You know what I mean? It's more of like that game for me where instead, I think some people think of it like, let me hold these players longer. So it's funny you bring that up because one of my long-term assets I've been holding on to for a while has been Tariq Cohen. I've always viewed him with huge upside for the injury risk. But now hearing that he might that he's going to be out probably another seven to eight weeks, I'm finally cutting the cord on him. There's only so long you could hold a player like that and keep gambling and hoping for the best versus either having to drop him for another player that could put up some points for you when needed. For instance, I dropped him for Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Or including him in trade for somebody that has an IR spot that they just want to hold him for and just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cohen was one of those guys that, like, since we started this podcast, I always said, hey, he's kind of one of those guys that, like, it's just always good to have on your roster because he's a good flex play, always has been. And then last year he gets injured. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has pretty much no dynasty value, and I don't really know how much fantasy value he's going to bring to your team anymore. And I do remember at one one point in time I had a chance to uh, trade him for Mike Williams. I think I had, like, him and a third for Mike Williams or something like that. And I said no. <clears throat> and now I kind of wish I had Mike Williams, who's not super sexy, but I bet he's going to play. He's going to put up more fantasy points the rest of his career than Treat Cohen is. So that's funny. You also bring up Mike Williams. I actually traded him today away because I still view him as injury prone. As much as I like him, as much as I want to be a leading receiver out there, I just know the reality of the situation. Well, that ain't happening. Well, you see him every time he goes up for a jump ball, he falls down like he's getting body slammed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike Williams doesn't catch the ball like everybody else. Lays out like a board and just yeah. gets like slammed. But Terry Cohen, I think, is a case where you're, you know, you the the thinking long term like got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like it's like don't don't worry about that. Like that's an asset that that's almost irrelevant, short term or long term. It's nice to have, but if you can upgrade, you probably should. And, you know, thinking that, you know, continuing to think guys like that are going to become number ones in any way. It, it's really more of us just like holding on to a take, holding on to hope, holding on to a guy we like, you know, and it's you kind of got to move on sometimes. Up the court and just move on. Yep. Awesome. All right. Like we are about to do. This is like the best topic I thought we could have for this time of year. <clears throat> We've been uh, saving, searching and going through our Twitter feeds and uh, Bleacher Report and all this stuff, trying to find as much possible coach speak and media hype, uh, one-liners, headlines that we could take in. We don't got to spend a lot of time on each one of these, but we want to see, hey, is there anything valuable you could take from any of this? Should you just ignore it? Is it just coach speak? I think I got this idea from a podcast last year. I should shout him out. It's uh, Dynasty Warzone uh, Memphis. He had a segment on his podcast that was called Training Camp Hits or Training Camp Bullshit, something like that. And uh, I was like, well, that's pretty good. I'm going to save that for next year and do our own little rendition. So shout out to him. First one, uh, Urban Meyer and DJ Chark one-on-ones at uh, practice. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been a Chark guy, but I, you know, it's funny. I, I was a guy who has watched a lot of Urban videos of him coaching guys up in, you know, quarterback camps, like drills and wide receiver drills. And he's just one of the, you know, he's one of the OGs, one of the greats. And, um, and obviously him helping anybody one-on-one is going to, going to do something. 
but I don't, I don't think it's going to matter that much, man. You know, this is, this guy's been in the league for a couple of years. I know he's still young. He's 24 or so, so he, he could still improve, but I don't think it means that much. What about you guys? No, I have to agree. I think it's just coach speaking to one of his players. Same here. Uh, you know, they, they, they frame it on the, uh, on the Twitter about, Oh, look at him. You know, he's really training him up, trying to take him underneath his wing, his little protege, you know, DJ Chark to the moon. And I'm like, well, he's probably just still just DJ Chark. Or maybe, or, or maybe Urban knows that he won't be in the league for long and he wants to start grooming him to be a coach. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll probably be in the league longer than Urban. <laughs> that's true. Okay, yeah, that's fucking true. Well, All right, uh, next one. Uh, Urban Meyer in a conference said that there's still an open competition between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. In fact, Gardner Minshew's still getting some first-team reps and he won't declare either of them the starter for week one. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, long hair stash, he's, he's, he's out there, bro. I, I, you know, I think, I think it's the stash, man. No, I'm kidding. Urban's just scared. <laughs> I'm totally joking. No, they, I, that's absolute horseshit. Like what the hell is going on here, man? Come on. You have, you pick a guy first overall and you're going to run out the backup from last year. Like, get out of here. I love Gardner Minshew. I mean, I want him to get a job somewhere, but come on. But think about it. If that was to happen, it would happen under Urban Myers. Bro, I mean, Twitter, my phone would light on fire, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah short yeah. circuit, 100%. Are you kidding? Hell no. So you shouldn't run out and try to acquire Minshew, trade in your Trevor Lawrence shares and get Minshew Plus? I think you should go try to trade out your, your Gardner Minshew shares, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those opportunities. <laughs> hey, I'm holding him. Oh, my goodness. Imagine somebody coming into your DMs. Yo. You want Gardner Minshew? Urban said that there's still an open competition. I think he's going to take it week one. You know that's happened in some league somewhere. Yo, never hit me up again. <laughs> Trade me Trevor straight up for him. Come on, you got this. Yeah, yeah there you go. All right, uh, next one is Saquon Barkley to take it slow. So do we think he's going to come out week one firing away no matter what? You think this is just coach speak saying, you know, he's going to take it slow or, or are they going to kind of limit his carries coming in? I think they're going to try to limit his carries. I don't think they're going to succeed in that. Okay. I, th I think, I honestly think it's going to be a necessity. They're going to try to limit him and have Danny Dimes throw it more, but the reality situation is Barkley will get back to his normal workload probably within week two. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that video of Danny Dimes yeah, today. You, I was giving you the <laughs> opportunity. Right? So, uh, uh yo danny dimes throwing danny ducks out there all right like absolute duck yeah case in i'll point. tell you case what in point saquon barkley's gonna have about 400 carries week one all right with that kind of shit going on or they'll just never ever have a lead and have to continue to just let danny dimes chuck it up <laughs> to try to get ahead oh my god no there's there's gonna make barkley the quarterback and just run, run wildcats the entire thing <laughs> I think in reality, they're going to have to try to take this slow. Um, at least in training camp and stuff, they, they took a while to work him into it. So I think they're going to try to be cautious, at least, would be my guess. Or they trade or they trade for Minshew and they give up on the Danny Dimes experiment. Oh, that would be so beautiful. I would actually love that. I hope they sign Daniel Jones to an extension. Oh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> You're like, please, I would love to see them suffer for years and years to come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Uh, Burrow won't see a down in preseason. That's true. I, yeah. I, but, I mean, okay, yeah, that's probably true because Cincinnati's not a very well-run organization in the first place. 
Um, from what I've heard, he's got the yips in practice. Whenever there's pressure on him, he's like lifting up his leg and kind of like avoiding getting all scared. Not like they're going to wallop you in practice anyway. Like you're their quarterback. Nobody's touching you. <laughs> Nobody's touching you. Um, I think if it was a smartly ran organization, they would at least have him out there for a couple of series. But what do you guys think? What do you think they're going to do? I think they're going to play it safe. Why risk it? It'd be a shocker to see him not out there one time before the season starts. And if he's got the yips, you're going to, you're going to roll him out week one with, with the yippies. Nah, man. Like, I don't know. I think you got to give him the, at least the third game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like he's some vet, right? No, give him like a, a drive, a, one drive. It's different than a guy who's played, you know, three, four seasons coming off. Like, okay, he doesn't really need, you know, those preseason reps, right? You know, he's done this before. He's been to the show. Burrow has not. He hasn't completed the full season. Like, you got to get him out there. You got to get him out there or just risk a really, really slow start, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And if you don't get him out there, what kind of confidence does that show that they have in him? So it's also like, I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things. I mean, if he's telling them he, he can't, you know, he can't perform yet or whatever, he's not ready, then and maybe that's part of it. But I hope we see him out there, man. It would be crazy to, to see him start week one, you know, fresh out the gate and, you know, no practice really with, with NFL, you know, game speed. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Re- really quick, really quick. Billy, the Max looking really good on these short and intermediate throws. I, I know. I just saw that one, and he looks really <laughs> nice in the pocket. Well, he just looks he looks poised in the pocket. He looks good. Who is uh who's uh playing wide receiver right now? Who do they got out there? Well, well he's dumping it down like to really short, like a, a lot of dump off with the wide receivers. I haven't been like able to tell. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like Trey Nixon out there and like you know, our our Gunner, Gunner second, third stringers and stuff like that. Yeah, hey, he he had a number ten now. Yeah, I like cool. it. I like the no, I, he looks good. It fits him. Jimmy G playing quote unquote his best ball since arriving in San Francisco. His best trade ball. talk. Come on, get out of here. So that that said, so if they're trying to move him, right? Do you think you'll see him in preseason against these backups and try to try to get him, you know, even more hyped up? Like, look how good Jimmy, you know, two touchdowns and 150 yards. Like, sell him. Of course. I would, I would, yeah. You gotta, you know, put on your best uh, show, right? If you're trying to get anything for him, because they, they're not gonna, they don't want to go into the season having him start all 17 games. Like that ain't the plan, no. right? We no, all know by this. The, by the way, if the, if the, he's playing his best ball since he's been in San Francisco, I saw the stats since they uh, started camp on the two quarterbacks, and Trey Lance was blowing him out of the water, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely here. dominating. So I, I don't think he has a shot all year long. Well, that whole what was that show with uh, Mac Jones and uh, Sanchez, or it's kind of like this quarterback coach thing? Fourth and forever. That's what it's called. Fourth and forever. That was pretty good. Uh, for those of you guys listening, if you get a chance, go look it up on YouTube. Uh, it really does give you some more deep insight into Mac Jones. Like he seems super cerebral. Like he understands football. So if he does succeed, I won't be surprised. I guess. Yeah, he that that was a really cool watch. Made me like him a lot more. Uh, also, cool watch for Sanchez. He was pretty good in it. So definitely, definitely go check it out. All right. Next one. Uh, not Big Ben's last year. I don't know. You saw him play last year. You wish last year was his last year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, see, I'm torn because he could come out and have an Aaron Rodgers year. He sucked the year before, came out and had an MVP caliber year. He has a weapon. He has a weapon. He has the weapons around him. He has a great running back now. 
his line does suck, but he's looking healthier, so we'll see what happens. They have a good defense. Big difference between those two is Aaron Rodgers could throw it more than 11 yards. That's true, and he also didn't have a beer belly. Right. <laughs> so did you see did you see big ben he's like he's like yeah i've i've been uh i've been working out in the off season and you know trying to lose some weight and change my diet up a bit and you know all respect to tom uh talking about tom brady but i'm not even out eating avocado ice cream bro wouldn't you go eat avocado ice cream if the best in the world was doing it and he's still playing way better than you are like no. get like yeah, i don't even yeah. understand this absolutely guy, man. not <laughs> Josh is like, yeah, that's where I draw uh, a line. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I, I think I'd do un- whatever the hell he was doing if I was playing football, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's an unnecessary shot. I'd, I'd be drinking his fake water. I don't care. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see where it's possibly not. You know, what if he plays good enough to where, I don't know, the team finishes just above 500, so they don't have a chance to get one of the top quarterbacks next year. Not like, any of them are really good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their options will be. I really think it depends on Dwayne Haskins. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. On Dwayne, on Dwayne Haskins, because if he shows that he can be the starter but needs more time to develop, I completely could see him bringing back Big Ben for one more year as a mentor, and then midway through the season, change do, have the changing of the guards type situation. Yeah, I mean, I think Uriah kind of alluded to it. I don't know if they're going to have any options next year either. So he might, as bad as he was or whatever, he might be their best option interim until if he wants to keep playing, like, you know, until they, cause like they might not be in a position to get anybody next year. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but he's definitely not, not a great option. I'm, he's not, but at this point, it's also great. remember Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be moving on next off season and the rumor is the saints, but you never know. You never know. All right. The next one, Marcus Callaway, quote unquote, top dog amongst saints wide receivers right now. I mean, who else is there? Yes. <laughs> so, I, you know, as much as they're saying that, I think it's just kind of, you know, it, the reality just, of the situation. Yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. Like there's, there's not much else there. Uh, you know, Trek on Smith, I think is hurt. And, uh, and I don't even know who else they have there to be honest with you. So, yeah, I don't, a lot of people are, he's 23 years old. A lot of people are talking about this might be, you know, his chance to break out. Does anybody here like him like that? I know you went over the stats and everything a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so Uriah so we know a little bit about him um you think he could break out and actually you know become something he's like a fourth round pick right fifth round uh, pick. he's undrafted but oh um, no shit Jeez. he's undrafted yeah but I mean his uh his profile's not if you if he had like third round or fourth round draft capital to make us more willing to accept that maybe he could be a thing but it's really it's going to be up to him right and how they run that offense while Michael Thomas is gone but he has all the traits to to succeed. So sure, why not? Okay. Yeah. All right. Next one. This is good because the I, this t- the headline said Etienne quote unquote unguardable at camp, which goes back to these stupid headlines is super misleading because the person who actually said it was like I did not say he was unguardable at camp. I said he was unguardable during one on ones against linebackers, which he should so, be. I mean, right. there's some there's a lesson to learn there, right? When you're going through these headlines of Bleacher Report, Twitter, or wherever else, like, get the full quote, right? So read the article. It takes, yeah. none of them are more than like fucking 300 to, you know, 600 words. Like, go read yeah. it. 
but yeah, I mean, uh, what I will say is like, uh, th- that's great. I mean, it is good news though, because like, that's what he needs to be doing. So sounds like he's doing great. I did hear that Etienne is not just working as a wide receiver. He is all over the place and he's looking fantastic other than this comment. So I'm um, excited to see what he has there. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think he's going to be a really good running back, honestly. I'm loving him. I'm really hoping he goes out there and shows off. I want him and J. Rob both to put up points this year. That'd be awesome. I, I mean, that whole offense, like I'm just deep down just rooting for. So you just want it to be good because it would be I do, I do. Hell. It would be yeah. great. And and honestly, all the videos you see of uh of Jags camp and Trevor Lawrence, man, he looks so good slinging the ball, dude. Like he <laughs> is he honestly, it reminds me of like um his mechanics remind me of like how Peyton Manning moved. It was so just like right you know so yeah. upright well like he's just so confident and, and decisive he looks great out there man i'm excited to see it in real time absolutely all right uh next one marvin jones impressing at camp <laughs> this one's not surprising me because he's the, he's really like the veteran guy there and and he's been good everywhere he's been whether it was mm-hmm. back in cincinnati when he first started or it was in detroit as the second you know this the 1b probably at the time because he still scored like nine or ten touchdowns each year he was there yep. as a touchdown machine i think he's going to do something similar this year you know it, rookie quarterbacks aren't great for receivers but i think he could easily have you know five to seven touchdowns you know 700 yards something like that i, I mean and he could he can exceed that for sure but i think that's that's definitely in uh in his uh, realm of possibilities and his range of outcomes as late, as they like to say. Yeah. I'm excited to see him out there. I don't say I don't buy it because I don't see urban taking him on the side one-on-one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh I, I, you're probably right about that. <laughs> uh, I love that. Okay. Uh, next one, Donovan people's Jones, absolutely lighting it up at camp. This is exciting. Yeah. This one actually, I believe because, He's actually been pretty good every single time he's had an opportunity. So, yeah, why not? Even in real yes. game action last year. Yep. The only thing is it's a little crowded there, right? Odell Beckham Jr. looking pretty good out there again, coming off an injury. Travis Landry. Uh, what do they got? Uh, Harrison Bryant. And they have Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt. So there's not a whole lot of – there's not a whole lot left for, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones to do anything this year. But – Odell Beckham's a little bit older. Jarvis Landry's a little bit older. I mean, I I'm interested. I I like him. I think I think if you're if you believe that in this at all, you're saying, wow, man, one of these receivers has got to be out of there soon, right? Like somebody's somebody's got to come in. And Donovan Peoples Jones is a big man, and he's been you know making plays every chance he gets, whether it's in practice, like you said, or opportunities in NFL games. So. I'm all over it, man. He seems to be the forgotten man out of that class. Uh, he, you know, he did drop in the draft a bit, which, which I think is why, but I, I think I'm on board. It's, it's a lot cheaper than going out and getting, you know, a guy like we're about to talk about Brian Edwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, no real headline here, but just in general, been a ton and it's polarizing too uh, with amongst us in the community, but Brian Edwards is getting a ton of hype in camp. I love it. And then I you hear he dropped like it. a, then you hear in like seven on sevens or whatever, he like drops a pass or a touchdown or whatever from Derek Carr. And it's like, like you said, it, you're hearing like both ways, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know, man, I don't know what to think about it. I, I really don't. I have no idea what to think about this, this receiving core. You don't know if Waller's going to be there. You don't know if Ruggs is going to be any good. Uh, I just don't know. But if anything, I mean, they don't have much there. Brian Edwards does kind of profile as a number one. So 
He does. <laughs> you know. It's funny, uh, go, scrolling through my timeline the other day, and there's like some Brian Edwards, like Brian Edwards catches a touchdown, blah, blah, you know. And then like should you like two posts later, it was like Brian Edwards drops a pass. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a story in two tweets. It's like, uh, fuck. Thing that's crazy is that like, you know, his uh college profile, like he broke out at like age 18 or something insane, but didn't really improve see uh year to year after that. So um yeah, I don't know. I think the hype is a little too high to try to go out and get him, but uh yeah, they don't have a lot, a lot of options either. So yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, he he is like he he's like um he's got a really good head on his shoulders and he seems like a really hard worker and seems like he he came from maybe you know tough place or whatever and has a lot of just pride in that and and really wants to make it happen. That might not do anything. I mean, you can have all the heart in the world, sometimes it doesn't work out, but anybody who believes in that kind of stuff, he's he's all of that. The one thing I would caution is uh two of the uh, stat nerds that you know I enjoy following Drew O on uh, Twitter and then also Peter Howard of course they both have their own little sayings about this but Drew always says you know don't invest in second year wide receivers who face plant their first year because <laughs> yeah. the, the the hit rate's terrible and then uh, Peter Howard put it more eloquently he said you know if you're you know quote unquote if your favorite wide receiver sucked this first year he probably sucks so <laughs> I mean, you could give Brian Edwards a little leeway because he was hurt, but still, I mean, facts are facts. I fully disagree with that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm really I mean, for the guy personally. Yeah, but. I mean, I think I think the numbers <laughs> pan it out though that you know it's just they tend to not work out if they're not if they don't perform year one. It's just the kind of way it is. It's tough. It's it's it, the the league the league is a show like it's what have you done for me lately league it's not right it's not what can you do for me next year if you've never done it they'd rather just you know especially a guy they didn't spend a first round pick on they'll say, fuck you move on and they'll go and get a first round pick next year like and replace them so and and speaking of they have they also have a first round pick on their team who sucks so it's uh it's not looking good for them there's not a lot of competition for Brian Edwards so that's the one major positive so anyways anyways. <laughs> We're making Josh we'll, mad. We'll revisit, we'll revisit in a couple weeks, see how Brian Edwards is doing, Josh. <laughs> I mean, no, just not about Brian Edwards, just about that whole argument in general that if the wide receiver isn't good, their rookie year. We, we got to grab the numbers then for the next episode. Let's do it because it. I I feel there's so many factors that go into play. You have quarterback, you have the O-line, you have the personnel around him. Yeah, but if you have a big enough sample, if, if I have, you know, 100, 200 receivers or more, I mean, it's, you know, it's just it's, it's the numbers kind of. All right, so ne- next week, next week, let's compare rookie receivers who had a breakout second year versus rookie receivers who just suck. Well, no, 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 we're, you're right. You, you, you'll pull this, but it's going to be like top 24 finishes and, yeah. and shit like I'll, that. Yeah. I'll put this but, together for us next week. Uh, all, right, all right. Beautiful. But, but show both sides of the argument. I will. I'm sure they're no, Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you both create your own narrative from the numbers. How about that? I'll just, I'll just bring the numbers. I think going back to 2009, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Next one. Uh, Brandon Cooks was asked about Nico Collins. And I, the quote was basically, yeah, he doesn't look like a rookie out there. He's super teachable. The oh, dude's wow. a baller. Okay. What do you guys think about Nico Collins? Well, uh, where did you where did you have him in your pre-draft or pre-draft grade, Billy? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I, I and I'll tell you why. I think I said it in my notes. There wasn't really that much to go on. There wasn't a ton of film, and I didn't love what I saw out of him. He's a big body guy, but I just didn't love what I saw. 
I just like him because of his landing spot. Opportunity is king, right? Yeah. I like his first name. Nico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I dig it. All right. I mean, yeah, he actually does have a cool name. Hey, look, I, I mean, it, it, the biggest hurdle is going to be getting over the quarterback play there. If they have Deshaun Watson back, then it, it's a different story, I guess, because, you know, he's one, Absolutely. Of, he's, he's one of the two or three options that are worth a damn probably on that team. But without that, I mean, you're relying on Tyrod Taylor to get you the ball. He's probably not going to show out to you too much. That's true. All right. The next one really uh, makes me pretty happy to see. But uh, my boy Jalen Darden. Talk with the Bucks camp. They're, they're saying that he could be something for, of the future. That's what they're talking about, that he has been lighting it up. You know who they said that about last year and who now we don't hear about? Scotty Miller. <laughs> yeah, well, Scotty Miller didn't really have the, the kind of profile that that this kid uh, no, I, I, has. No, I know. I'm just saying, though, he was a hype of training camp. He had a good season, and now we ha- I have personally haven't heard anything major about him this offseason. I mean, I'll tell you why I like this because Jalen Darden is basically a nobody and he's at camp with Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and, and a whole bunch of other guys and Scotty Miller, right? Guys who, who are good players in this league and he's still showing out. That I like to hear. That I like to hear a lot. Yeah. I also saw some Kyle Trask video and he looked okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jalen Darden, I think he had like a 60% dominator rating at uh... – it was like North Texas University, but still, that's not easy to do, right? Yeah. He looks great with the ball in his hands. <laughs> Look up how many guys had a 60% dominator rating anywhere, and it's not many. Not a whole lot. <laughs> not a whole lot. All right. Uh, next one. AJ Green looking amazing in camp. Hopkins says, best receiver he's ever played with. I thought he was injured again. I mean, Hopkins should just become a coach. Like, <laughs> this is, I mean, he knows exactly how to do it, right? Like, AJ oh, Green looking amazing, the best receiver he's ever played with. Like, didn't he play with Andre Johnson at one point when he first started his career, DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, I yeah, mean, for sure, yeah. I mean, I know A.J. Green's, like, really good, but uh, all right, yeah, he was. I guess. I think he's just hyping up his guy. Yeah, I think so, too. Just his buddy saying, hey, yeah, he's doing great, but Agreed. I am not on the A.J. Green train at all. I'm, so. I'm good. I'm good on that. You can have that. All right. Ron Rivera says Gibson's turf toe no longer an injury. So until it happens again. You guys are watching the game. Has he been playing tonight? He looked great in his first couple of carries. Like, he looked very fast and very explosive. He didn't get anywhere because our defense actually looked pretty good, but he looked really good. I'll get, I'll definitely say that. Turf toe is just a thing, though. It's a chronic injury. It's not, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I broke my foot and now it's healed. You know, it's like, it's, you know, you could, you could kind of flex it really hard one day in a game and then boom, you know, you're dealing with plantar fasciitis again. It's like, yeah, it's it's something that can reoccur. You got to really take care of it, and it's not something I would I would like fade a player on completely. But I mean, look, you saw this with Amari Cooper last year. It, it you know I think I think it was last year, but uh, recently in his career, it hindered him throughout the whole year. Yeah. So something you don't want to mess with. Yeah, Gibson's no Amari, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But you're right. No, I mean Amari would miss a series, um, sometimes a whole game. You know, but he'd always, just because he's so talented, he would go out there and he'd still do well. But just imagine how much better he could be if it was just healed up. But this is probably, unfortunately, something for both Amari and Gibson, probably just something that's always going to be with them until they retire. And also, it's got to be worse for a running back. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, so. I mean, I guess you're making like hard cuts as a receiver and whatnot, but I just feel like you're digging in so hard and making, I don't know, it's got to be tough for a running back. But I, this is to me, it's, it's Ron Rivera trying to like 
wash away the idea that he's injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Next one. Jalen Hurts, not yet named starter. No rush. We have time, quote unquote. I mean, BS, garbage. <laughs> Come on. Like, what? what are we doing here? Who's your starter? <laughs> Joe Flacco, man. How, how dare you? <laughs> I saw one pass from Jalen Hurts in the game tonight, and he, and he looked better than Joe Flacco's looked in five years. So <laughs> it's, I, I, it's I all strategy. <laughs> it's all strategy. I, yeah, this is garbage. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to say here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they, they ask these questions. Okay, who, who's the starter? And it's like, everybody knows. Like it's gonna be Jalen Hurts. Like everybody knows, it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence. Like why don't why don't these coaches just come out and say, well, yeah, he's our he's our starter? I don't I don't get it. It's bullshit. So. But what strategy? What strategy? We all know what the end result's gonna be. They're just fucking off. Like they're just fucking <laughs> off. They don't even. They don't. They're not doing anything. All right, last one. Michael Carter, quote unquote, a step above. And then two days later, two days later, I heard a quote that he uh, he might not be the lead back. <laughs> Oh, really? Of course. <laughs> yeah, how silly this is. Oh. I mean, I, I know we all want Michael Carter to be to be the guy, uh, and I'm sure he has a chance. But I just, I you know, I don't, I don't, I really don't see it. And these are just, you know, of course the coaches or, or the beat writers are going to be like, oh, this guy looked great this day, and this guy looks great that day. Like, you really got to be able to parse this stuff out. You know, I mean, we're on the last one here, so I think it's worth saying. Like, you really like, like we were talking about. Go, you have to go in and read the articles. Okay, you have to go in and actually find the information. If somebody just said, "Oh, he's a step above," that's going to linger out there probably with no follow-up information for a little bit. So you better go figure it out after that, because, like I said, two days later, he wasn't a step above. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, I don't know, man. You 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 got to find a good way to kind of navigate this stuff as a dynasty owner because. I mean, there's plenty of this that we were talking about that, that, you know, some of it affects the way we think about players, even us. And, and we know that a lot of it's BS. So you got to kind of find the right way to navigate it and, and take a lot of it with a grain of salt, even the stuff that you find truthful. You know what I mean? Even that stuff, you kind of got to tell yourself, wait, I don't know. You got to dig deeper. Like what you said about actually reading the articles, like that's really important. I mean, there's a reason these guys sit down and write you know 800 800 word article after every practice or look like things like so this takes me back to when we had a uh, will dennison on and we talked about the waller trade i made to him uh, a couple years ago uh before waller broke out and uh he was like yeah i remember watching <laughs> nice he's like i remember watching uh hard knocks and they were doing like a, a goal line play and gruden was like where's waller get me waller where's waller get me waller like if i had seen that there's no way i would have traded Waller away for a third, like I would have been like, oh, that's something extra. Yeah. But that was never talked about. That wasn't in some 280 character, 240 character, whatever the hell they give us on Twitter to write our little blurbs. It wasn't out there. I didn't know. I didn't dig for it. I didn't take the time to really actually read through these reports. I missed it on a really, really valuable asset that I got off waivers. So you'd be surprised how much information is out there though. Like in those little articles that the beat writers some of them are amazing. Some of these guys aren't just like BSing. Some of them, they like note for note, they have like little details, you know, of, of, you know, what the guy did or what the guy said or what was going on. I mean, little stuff that matters, like really, really, really matters. There's stuff in there that you can find. You, you, it, it takes time digging around. It does. Before we wrap up, you guys want to go through a couple of trades that I made this week? Get your guys' opinions on them? Yeah. You look like you've been busy. I have. Season's finally coming around. I'm finally getting a little more active. People are now more willing to make trades, especially with certain injuries and 
harping right back to the subject we just came on, Coach Speak. So are these all dynasty league players? Uh, yes. Awesome. Right. Let's get it. All right. So first one, uh, Cam Newton for Michael Thomas, straight up. I mean, it's I don't even like Michael Thomas. It's easy, MT. Yeah. For me. Uh, got it. Is it super flex? Yes. I think I still like Cam. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I love yeah. it. I, talk about okay. talk about short term. Like yeah, four, yeah, is no, that a four I, game? I, is that a four game stretch you're looking for there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's a quarterback and it's super flex. I don't know. Nah, and Michael man. Thomas is is a head case. I don't understand. But too, my, Michael Thomas hate is too too low. Now think about this. Who would you rather have, Antonio Brown or Cam Newton? Antonio Brown. Okay, Cam but Newton. but I bet you two years ago you'd say Cam Newton because he yeah, didn't have a probably. fucking job and he was a head case. So yeah, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> I'm just saying, like this is this no, is the right, Tyree yeah. kill. This is the Aaron Rodgers. This is everything. The cream hunt, yeah. So, what side did you take? Oh, I no, I traded away Cam Newton and got Michael Thomas. Okay, cool. As, as a stash for the second half of the season. That's probably the smart thing to do. I dig it. I dig it. Next, what I did was I traded away Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Chase Edmonds, and Christian Kirk. I received Justin Jackson, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Darden, and Noah Gray. I don't think I've ever made a trade with this many players involved. Like I, I, I have so much respect for you. Uh, I, I, like I said in the chat when you sent this to me, I can I not pick a side? But no, I, I like I like Jalen Waddle's side on this just because it's the youth, and I'm, I, you know, I don't know. Nothing on the other side is is really. I, I really like that much. That said, I know a lot of people love Chase Edmonds. You could probably get a little bit more for him in that package, and if you're winning now, that's probably the side you want. I agree, but I am kind of in the middle of a rebuild, so I didn't really mind. Plus, all the players I trade away, in my opinion, are injury prone. Rather get some youth in there, and to be this whole trade started with me wanting Waddle, and then just kind of developed from there. Then he went Waddle and Gray, and then I was like, okay, now let's start talking. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> I'll tell you what the the uh, medical side of the industry would really hate you, man. They do not they do not believe in injury prone as a thing, uh, and. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, but let's pull stats. Let's pull stats. <laughs> I mean, I, I, two of these guys maybe Mike Williams and Christian Kirk, but Chase Edmonds hasn't been, and Corey Davis hasn't been. So, what do you mean Corey Davis hasn't? He hasn't been, been injury prone. I don't think like he's he's had an injury here or there, but last year I think he played the full season. I think so. That's true. All right. Uh, the next one was Dalton Schultz. I I traded away Dalton Schultz, Miles Gaskin, and what equates to a twenty twenty two two point twelve. Got back Michael Carter. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, if you could have done it without the extra, I mean, I know it's 212. Doesn't really mean anything. Well, okay. So it, it was fab. I traded away fab. The fab equivalent is the 2.12. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I probably prefer Schultz. I think Schultz, oh, that's another thing. Schultz has been falling out in camp. He, he, he has great. been, and in, and in preseason or whatever. And the whole game, yeah. Jeez. This this to me this trade was more unfortunately about getting rid of Miles Gaskin and bringing in Michael Carter. Sure, I like that part. for his potential upside, and Schultz was needed to get it done. I have other tight ends, so sometimes Bella, you always say sometimes you got to bundle the players to get the one you want. No, so. I, I dig that. These are just like like I Miles Gaskins, Michael Carter. I could probably come up with a bunch of guys who are that prototype of, of running back i don't want them i don't want any of them and i don't want to trade one of them for the other so like that's why i wouldn't do this but um and maybe michael carter will prove me very very wrong i hope for your sake he does 
mean, you didn't give up a ton. I'm not like, I'm not saying that you didn't give up like the world yeah. or anything. And then the final one was I traded away Deontay Johnson, 2022 first, 2023 third, and 2024 fourth for Stephon Diggs. I, I like that, especially if you're winning now. I, I like the dig side. Yeah. Yeah. I needed another strong wide receiver. The kid put him on the block, shot him over this trade. I He wanted a 2023 first. I'm like, how about 2022 instead? I'd rather have the 2023 draft class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He took it, so I'm like, screw it. Let's pull the trigger and see what happens. That's a steal. I, I wouldn't have liked it as much if you had to give up the 2023. Not that it's a huge difference, obviously, but um, I'd still probably like the dig side. I think this is a good trade. I mean, you got a certified stud there. Like, it, you, I love Deontay, but, you know, the, I mean, that's, that's, you could have probably given up another second or you know, another first instead of those other two picks and nobody would have scoffed at it, you know? Yeah. Right. But you, and, and you guys know, and you know my feelings about late round draft, rookie draft picks. So, yeah. They're, they're basically, I mean, they're expendable. I think if you're on a team that's looking to kind of, you know, productive struggle or try to rebuild, but still stay in contention, like the giving up stuff on digs for all that, I think is smart. And then if you're in the win now mode, I think it was smart to go after digs and give up some future picks. So I think that's a trade you guys are probably both pretty happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I have a couple more trades in the works right now. Of course so you do. Hopefully next week. Hey, season's about to be here. I got to actually start getting serious about rebuilding some of these teams. <laughs> I kind of let slack, so. Absolutely. Doing three for one, three for uh, two for three trades. So I'm getting, I'm rebuilding my assets. Up. Hey, come to Josh's store. It's a two for one deals today. <laughs> yeah. Buy one, get one. Yeah. Thank you everyone for giving this week's episode to listen. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beam DFF, and at Josh Goldberg AGP. Peace out, everyone. Have a good night. Later, fam.